This episode is brought to you by Odeo Academy. Learn to build the career of your dreams in the fun, fulfilling, and lucrative industry of digital marketing without drowning in student loan debt, compromising your values, or working for peanuts. Learn to build your digital marketing career at odeoacademy.com forward slash JLP and claim $100 off your enrollment entering the code JLP at checkout. Odeo is O-D-E-O. Check it out at odeoacademy.com forward slash JLP and get $100 off with the code JLP. Jewish Money Matters episode 287, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Friday, November 4th. Whoa, my birthday month. Did I tell you that before? My birthday's coming up. I got to figure something out here. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I still haven't thought. We have a lot of birthdays this month in our family. So it's like, you know, uh, a lot of thinking, on a lot of planning. And I hope everybody had a good week. I did a little bit hectic, but that's not out of the ordinary around here. It's It was actually a great week. In fact, I have so many stories of, I was just thinking before, going to coming to record like I have so many stories of bitachon that happened to me in the past week I should really record an episode or individual minisodes just sharing my bitachon stories because thankfully or my ashkacha practice stories thankfully I have a lot and in fact recently um some that were like wow that's great so also on that topic we are about to start a new free weekly class on bitachon on trust for women only this Tuesday night we get started we're going to be doing it at very Tuesday eight o'clock Central Standard Time, which is nine o'clock Eastern. And this time what we're going to be doing is we're going to be focusing on the Maimar Ambitachon by the base of Levi. And of course, bringing much of the gate of trust, which we learned previously. Um, you don't have to have learned it to come to the class. But of course, it is the fundamental work on Bitachon and precedes it. And of course, as we're learning the base of Levi, I'm sure I'm going to touch and refer on, on you know, refer some of the teachings and the points that you know, are evident from the gate of trust. But again, you don't have to have any previous knowledge to, to join the class. I'm excited. To my previous students who pushed me to start it again, delighted to do it. So if you want to join, you can just send me an email. I don't have a formal registration page. Just send me an email, tell me, and I will send you the link to register so that you automatically get your Zoom uh, virtual classroom link. And that's really that. Now, earlier this week, I want to tell you something. It was a great episode. I had Ari Schoenbrunn in a very, very moving episode. I I heard from several of you this week who were very moved by his story of survival of the collapse of the World Trade Center and how this really changed his life and really a great episode. I highly encourage you to go back and listen if you didn't yet. Now, today we have questions on MICER and on investing. Um, but before we go to our listeners questions, let's pick our reviewer of the week. And I'll tell you my call to action from from you guys and specifically from the Israel listeners and maybe the South Africans too worked because this week I have a reviewer from Israel. Thank you so very much. So she says, 
tuning in from Israel. And she leaves a very cute heart. And her name is SG770. She says, Yeah, else the best. I've gained so much value from listening and enjoy the variety of amazing guests she brings on. Keep it up and much success. Well, thank you, SG770. I am so glad that you've gained so much from the show. That really means a lot to me. I'm very, very happy. Please send me an email or DM me on Instagram at Yael Trush. And let me know that you're the SG770 who left the review and I will respond with a calendar link for us to connect. And I look forward to it. And can I just ask again? Well, I will ask again. I don't even have to ask permission, right? (laughs) I'll ask it to scroll down to the review section on Apple Podcasts when you're in the page for the show on your Apple Podcast app and click on rate and review and voila, leave your review there. It'll take about 24 hours for you to see the review, but do not fret. Don't think. Sometimes we like leave those reviews and we're like, did that go through? It actually does go through. It'll be there. It just takes a little while for Apple to post it. And so can we do this? Can we get to 150 reviews perhaps by the end of the year? I mean, I think we could get to more, but at least 150. I think we're at 125, 126 now. I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't look. Um, but I know we can because we have a lot more than 150 listeners in the audience. Thank God. Thank God. This show has really, really grown over the years. The community has grown. Um, my email inbox is flooded with responses to my emails. Again, I'm very ha- gl- happy that you enjoy those. <laughs> Please, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. All you have to do is go to yaeltrush.com forward slash newsletter. And you can do that there. And I would love to hear from you because that's the way we can keep this growing and have more people benefit from the show. Really leaving reviews is one of the best ways. So let's bombard the Apple Podcast platform with reviews, shall we? We should. And we can. All right, let's head over to the mailbag. And the first question is from Michelle. Michelle says, um, via Facebook, actually, Facebook DM. And that's, yes, that's another way you can reach me. Not the most direct way, I I will say. I might miss it for a few days, perhaps even a few weeks. But Michelle got lucky because I actually found Michelle's message right away when she left it. And she says the following. She says, Hi, Yael. I was just reading up on Meister and came across an article you wrote. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I think Michelle is referring to one of my articles on Chabad.org, I'm suspecting. I'll put that link in the show notes. There is one article. I mean, I've written a number of pieces on this, but there is one article titled How to Give Miser, Understanding the Best Investment. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Um, It might have been another one, but I'll put the show notes to that one. So anyway, so apparently she ran into this piece and now she had some follow-up questions. She says, I've been keen on Miser lately, but it brings up questions and I was curious whether you have resources to share on them. And then she tells me two questions. In fact, I shared already the resources I had all interaction with Michelle. Okay, so she's now a listener. So these are her follow-up questions. I think it's important for me to answer them here because there are questions that you might also have. The first question that Michelle asks is, number one, what is considered MICER with regards to investments since they fluctuate all the time? Do I count it when I sell and it's actual money in my hands? All right, that's her first question. I'm going to answer that and then I'll tell you her second question. All right, so the answer is correct, Michelle. You only pay MICER on realized gains when, like you say, you have the actual money in your hands. So what you see on paper right now, it's just gains or losses on paper. That fluctuation that you're seeing, that's just on paper. There is no MICER to be given on that capital until you've realized the gain, until you've cashed out the the investment. So you're on the right track, exactly what your intuition was telling you. That's the correct thing. And by the way, 
and and this is tangential to Michelle's question, but it needs to be said. It's a reminder. It's the same principle with regards to selling your stocks because you see the market. If if you you see. If you, if you sell your stocks because you're seeing that the market is not performing as it had for you in the past, those losses are really on paper only. And you only realize the loss that you're seeing on paper when you sell. Otherwise, you haven't really lost any money. It really isn't. All you have is you have the potential to lose the money but you also have the potential to gain as the market picks up and continues to perform positively for you further down in the future. But once you've sold those assets, you've given up on that very real possibility of the upside and you've actualized your loss. So it's just something to keep in mind for those of you who still have plenty of time to be in the market and yet are feeling tempted to get out. Remember that you only realize your losses when you sell. So if you're seeing a loss now, it's only on paper. Back to my sir, Michelle. You pay Meister when you sell, when you, you will pay on the money that you make on the capital gains. Okay. All right. Michelle's second question is what qualifies for how we spend the Meister? I don't think it's only nonprofits. So how do you figure it? And what about products, services donated? Okay. So it's kind of a two part question. So correct. Meister doesn't only have to go to nonprofit organizations. How do you figure it? Well, you don't really have to because the Rambam, my managers already did it for you. And I discussed this on episode 274, if you want to go back and listen. So there are levels of priority on how we distribute charity. And first, our charitable contributions should go to relatives. Now within relatives, that's a very big term. What is What's the priority? So first is parents, then children, not during an age where, you know, not children who can't support themselves. We're talking about adult children who need, who might need help. Um, siblings, other family members, including a distant cousin even, okay? Then we go to your neighbor. So relatives, including a distant cousin, your neighbor, then the poor in your city, then the poor in Eretz Israel, and then the poor in other cities in your country. Okay, so that's the order of priority. Now, when you look at that order of priority, you can see that within that, there is a lot of room for where your individual heart is inclined, especially once you're talking about the poor in your city and the poor in Eretz Israel or the poor in other cities in your country, right? You have so much leeway to select what moves you. Is it widows? Is it orphans? Is it education? Is it health, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You get to choose. Is it medical research? Like how is it, what, what moves a person? Because all of us have an individual inclination, right? Towards certain things that move us more, right? So you have a lot of leeway, but that's the order of priority. So I would also suggest to take a listen to episode 274 because I do have a little bit more detail there. Now to your last point or question, what about services or products donated? Excellent question. No, Michelle, that's not Meister. That is tzedakah. Meister is specifically 10% of your wealth. Now services and products donated, that's super good. It's excellent. And you can claim those donations in your taxes if you want to as deductions for charitable contributions. But as far as I know, we don't go back and we estimate the value of my donated time or my donated stuff and deduct that from our Meister bill, um, or meaning from what we're supposed to pay Meister every year. These are considered 
tzedakah, which is really anything above and beyond miser. And unlike miser includes your time, your things, and other resources beyond money. So hopefully that answers the question. When it comes to miser, it is a financial contribution um, based on the money that you receive. Products and services and donated are donations that are above that, above and beyond, and that's considered charity. It's a very good thing to do. I mean, Sadaka is a better way. All right. Thanks, Michelle, for your questions. Now, our next question comes from Alisa as a follow-up question to the question I answered last week. If you were here last week, you know I answered Alisa's question, which she asked for her friend, a young woman who has substantial savings, and she's encouraging her to invest so that she can make the most of her money, especially since she has time and has very low expenses as she's still living at home with her parents and doesn't know when she's going to get married, etc. So you can go back to last Friday's Ask Yael, episode 285, and listen to what I said there. Alisa's follow-up question is the following. She says, This girl and others I know has or expects to have well over $100,000 in savings, plus is continuing to earn a decent salary while living in her parents' home. And she has no idea when she will actually get married. So while it may be true that she might want to buy a house in less than 10 years, she also has a unique opportunity to invest at least some of her money for the long term at a time when she has a lot of cash and no immediate expenses. Additionally, if she invests in a 401k, In addition to or instead of an IRA, she could be investing more than $6,000. Again, an opportunity she may not have once she has her own household expenses. Does this change your answer of leaving all her funds liquid? What if it's $200,000, etc.? And if so, how does she prioritize between retirement and regular investing? Thanks again for all your wisdom. Well, thanks to you, Elisa, for staying here with me. Um, and thanks for the follow up. And I maybe I didn't explain myself as clearly as I should have, by the way. I don't think I suggested that she leave all her funds liquid. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I just suggested that she uh, calculate what is her opportunity fund and then take some of that to be her opportunity fund. And then beyond that, let's work on objectives. So but let, let, let me just go back. Okay, so let's assume that this person has $100,000 in savings or even 200000 and has very low expenses because she's single and she's living at home and she makes a good salary, which can continue to boost her net worth if she saves it or invests it. And she, as you say, doesn't know when she will get married. Okay, great. So the first thing that I would do is what I think I suggested last week, which is help her figure out how much she feels comfortable leaving as uh, leaving liquid as a quote unquote opportunity fund. Is she okay with 50,000 and investing the other 50,000? Does that work for her? Does that make her comfortable? Okay, so whatever the liquid amount is, then that money, that opportunity fund goes into high yield savings account. That's it. That's where it stays, right? The rest of the money, yes, she should invest so that she benefits from higher compounded growth over time than she would otherwise get from the high yield savings account. Now I said over time. I mean, it's not to say that if she invests the money, the rest of the money today, you know, in 12 months, she might she might not see a, a lower return than what she's getting perhaps in her high yield savings account, especially as interest rates continue to climb. And if the stock market continues to act choppy and hasn't picked up, this might work very well be. And that's fine because again, this money is money that she's putting in there to grow over time. Now, should she invest this money in a retirement account like a 401k or an IRA? Well, that's where I started talking about. That's where objectives come in. It's going to depend on her objective for that money. What's the purpose of it? What is it for? So this is why I said objectives are so important. If she's okay with tying up the money in a retirement account, then that's great. 
Remember, this is not money that is very easily accessible. Once it's there, it's pretty much tied up. I mean, you know, Roth, uh, Roth IRAs are more flexible than 401ks and IRAs. And that's one of the benefits. But in general, this is meant to be money for retirement. And you would have to pay a penalty um, if you pull the money out before retirement age, whatever that is, depending on the account. But most, you know, usually it's after age 59. But if she'd rather have the flexibility of accessing some of that money later on, whether it be to buy herself a property, to start a business, to pay for her wedding or some other personal goal, again, it's very personal, then she should consider instead putting the money into a regular brokerage account or what's known as a taxable brokerage account. The money would also be invested and would also be growing and she would be benefiting from all that. She would, it would be invested in the same way. And you wouldn't get the tax benefit. That's the only thing. But you can access your money whenever you want. So I hope that makes sense to you. So basically, you're looking at the the amount and you're figuring out first, okay, how much do we want to leave liquid? That's, you know, kind of your opportunity fund that you can access when and if you need to. And then beyond that, let's, if it's not really, if it's something for, if you wanted to keep growing for something that you might want to do in the next, you know, five, 10 years and not have it locked up for the next 20, 30 years inaccessible because it's locked up till retirement, then let's look at a brokerage account. Okay. But so, so basically I'm not suggesting that she shouldn't invest for retirement. I'm speaking specifically about that money that she's saved up until now, this cash cushion. What is it intended for? And then that is what should drive the type of account that it's placed in. Now, I want to note that a 401k, which you mentioned, is only accessible through an employer, not so an IRA, an IRA, an IRA or a Roth IRA. So if she does have access to a 401k, I would start contributing to it ASAP and then live on a lower take-home pay, right? Meaning she would receive less of her salary as some of it would be invested into the 401k through her employer. If she doesn't have access to this and being that she's done so well building that savings cushion, then I would really encourage her to open a Roth IRA as we said last week or even a traditional IRA, right? Um, The first allocate that savings cushion into whatever account matches her objectives with the money, whether it be number one, the, the opportunity fund, whether it be the and and the brokerage account, or if it's not for that, then obviously put it all in the retirement. But I would think that at this point, and being that she has so much time, she could be putting something to a taxable brokerage account and allowing it to grow, but leaving it, giving herself the flexibility because she has so much time for retirement, especially if she, she, she's, she earns enough that it's not going to be a discomfort to start saving for retirement right now. And she's going to really benefit from having so much time being invested in the market for retirement for such a long time. So first do that first, allocate that savings cushion, whatever way she decides, and um, to open a Roth IRA or an IRA and start contributing there for retirement, she can possibly contribute more now than she might be able to later in life when she has bigger expenses or when she might want to prioritize other goals that warrant more accessible funds. Okay. Now, just again, I just want to make sure that you understand, can she take some of that money and put it into the retirement account? Sure, she can do a hybrid approach and put a portion for liquid savings, a portion into the brokerage account and a portion into the retirement account. What portion? I don't know. That's up to her. It depends on her goals and on the amount that she has accessible. Um, 
I would keep it simple and put some of it as my opportunity fund, the other in a brokerage account, and immediately start funding a retirement account from my paycheck because she's so young and she could start doing it right away. It's not like she needs to catch up. It's fine if she starts right away and she has a leg up already because she has money that will fund other goals other than besides retirement, which means that she'll be able to continue funding retirement pretty consistently from an early age. Would my answer change if I, we were talking about higher amounts? But but still talking about a very young person in her early 20s? I don't think so. Not really in terms in terms that I would think I would think about it in the same way. It's the same process of thinking through it, right? It's just a matter of amount. If I had if I had higher amount, if I had more money, then I'd be able to put more towards a brokerage account and even put some towards a retirement account if I wanted. I have less money than I possibly only would fund the opportunity fund and the brokerage account and get started on that retirement right away. I can decide, do I fund both the brokerage account every month or do I only fund the retirement account every month since I'm comfortable with a balance in the brokerage account? I can make those decisions. She has a flexibility because she is making money and she already has that opportunity fund, which most people don't even have. So she's doing great. And that's a wrap. Thanks, Michelle and Elisa for your questions. Again, Elisa, you're an amazing friend. We all want you in our lives. <laughs> Reminder that the all-female cohort of Odeo Academy, which I've been talking about in the last couple of weeks, starts this November 6th. So if you want to get in on that, hurry. And remember, you can get a discount of $100 at checkout using the code JLP at audioacademy.com forward slash JLP. Check out all the details on this fabulous course right there at audioacademy.com forward slash JLP and use the code JLP to get $100 off enrollment. This Monday, I will be back here with an incredible human basketball star, Tamir Goodman. Not to be missed. Have a Shabbat Shalom. See you next week.